Hebrews chapter 4. We, uh, we all know what tomorrow is and uh, a, a holiday that is built around fear, built around, um, you know, I, I'm not one of those guys that goes big on holidays and it means this and it came from this, whatever. It's all about the motive. I've heard people try to tell me that uh, Christmas, Christmas is a pagan holiday. It's not really built around Jesus, and he was born in July. Whatever. That's my day to celebrate Jesus being born, being brought into this planet to save my life. And I'll give a couple presents while I'm at it. Amen. It's about heart motive. It's about heart motive. And so I don't, I'm not one of those that tells people don't put up trees and don't talk about Santa Claus and whatever. My son already knows he's not real. And if anyone in here thought he was still real, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. I'm sorry no one told you by now. Sorry to let that one out the bag. But um, we all know what tomorrow is, and it, it's built around fear. It's built around that type of mindset. And, um, you know, the Bible talks a lot about fear. The Bible says a lot about not being afraid and actually commands us not to be afraid. Uh, God talked to Joshua before he was about to take the people of Israel into the promised land. It's funny because it took Moses 40 years to get the people there, and it took Joshua three days. Joshua's my kind of guy. Joshua's a get on the bus and shut up, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. We're getting ready to go take this thing, right? That's Joshua. Moses is like, okay, well, if you feel like it, if you want to, but Joshua's like, we're going. And he got that because God specifically told him, do not be afraid, nor dismayed. Fear not, for I, the Lord, am with you. We know what the Bible says over in the New Testament. It says we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Fear is not something that should be operating in any believer, in any citizen of the kingdom of God. There is nothing that we should fear. I was uh, talking with Pastor Marcus just yesterday, and um, y'all, most of y'all saw the video, Pastor Earl, Pastor Marcus, and a couple other people from our team in uh, St. Augustine. They've been in India for the past 10 days, longer than that. And I think it was about 10 days. It wasn't quite two weeks. And I know two of that was, two days of that was traveling, so they may have been counting the whole time. It seemed like it was, it seemed like they were there for a while. And I was talking with Pastor Marcus yesterday, and he told me he saw um, at least seven people that he could count that were literally demon-possessed, like the Bible talks about, like convulsions, like you knew that wasn't their voice coming out of their mouth, uh, serious stuff. That's real, people, that's real. The Bible's not full of fairy tales, and we don't get to believe some of it and not believe the rest of it. That stuff is real. And in a, in a country like that where they give themselves to worship pagan idols as much as they do, they're inviting a lot of stuff into their lives. And when a demon gets into the presence of God, he's only got one choice but to exit. But a lot of times they will exit violently. We even saw that with Jesus, that they didn't just come out. They were wanting to go places and wanting to try to talk back and wanting to do stuff. That stuff's real. But there's no fear involved. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. What, what, can, what can man do to me? What can the devil do to me? I 
have the king of kings reigning inside of me, so I don't operate in fear. But, but there is one thing that I believe we all should be deathly afraid of, mortally afraid of, that we should have this burning so much inside of us that we live every day of our life thinking about it. See, that's what the devil wants you to do. The devil wants you to think about and be deathly afraid of his side. But I believe that there is something that every believer, every person on the face of the planet should be afraid of. And it's found here in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. It says this, Therefore, since a promise remains... That means there's a promise that we haven't received yet. There's a promise that still remains of entering his rest. Let us fear. Everyone in this room say, let us fear. Let us fear. Lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Of all the things that we're commanded and told not to be afraid of, not to live in fear, we have not been given the spirit of fear. This verse tells us that there is one thing that we should be in fear of. If a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. We talked a little bit about Hebrews and that's how I came across this verse and I thought that's great timing because we're getting ready to go into the time of year where fear is forefront in people's minds. And This book, Hebrews, is a contrast between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Many of you on Sunday may have heard me say that 13 times the word better shows up in the word Hebrews, in the book Hebrews, better, contrasting the Old Testament. And specifically what the writer, the author is discussing here is he is talking about the Israelites who came out of Egypt and were already given a promised land, were already given access to something that by faith God had already blessed them with, yet they were not living in it. They weren't just, uh, you know, translated out of Egypt and then boom, oh, look at this, we're in Canaan, we're in the promised land. It didn't work that way. There was still some work involved. There was still some enduring and some faith that had to be put into use. We've been talking about that all month. And so what took place was, and we know the story, the majority of the Israelites died in the wilderness. Well, what he's talking about here is the promised land is a picture of your purpose. The rest he's talking about is your purpose. And everybody in here, I believe, every person on this planet should have a fear of not fulfilling their purpose in life. God has given every individual a great purpose, a divine purpose, a purpose that only God could give them. See, if it was a purpose that you could give yourself, then God wouldn't get the credit. But see, it's a purpose that God gives. God has given every individual a divine purpose, and he has equipped you and will continue to equip you to discover and fulfill that purpose. 
He's given you life. And what I'm afraid of in my life is only existing but never living. I'm afraid of just merely existing and going through the motions all my life but never really living out my true potential, the purpose that God has given me. Because God has given me a purpose that I don't know on my own. Nobody else can help me discover that. It's God-given. And I don't want to get to the end of my days and have regrets. I don't want to get to the end of my days and look back and say, I could have done this or I should have done that. No, I want to be able to finish out my days. I heard one minister say this. He said, I'm not afraid of dying as long as I've lived. As long as when I get to that point, I can look back and say, I have fulfilled the purpose. Well, how, do you, how, how are you going to know? Uh, there are people in the Bible that when they exited this world, they were able to look back and say, I ran my course. I kept the faith. I didn't draw back. I did everything God called me to do. I walked into that. Some people that you'd probably look at their lives and think, man, there's a lot of regret there. They did a lot of bad things. But God has a great way of removing the past and just showing you a future, just showing you a hope. What did he say in Jeremiah 29, 11? I have a great future for you. I have a hope for you, right? That's the God we serve. The God that we serve is forward thinking. Backwards thinking will always remove you out of God's will because God is always wanting to move us forward. As long as we're attached and holding on to stuff in the past, we can't move into what God has called us. You know God is already in your future? Did you know that your future is in God's past? What you do tomorrow has already happened to God. What you do 10 years from now has already happened. He's already planned and laid all of that out. God is a purpose-driven God. God is a planner. God is a thinker. But here is what keeps us from discovering and fulfilling our purpose. It's one word, fear. And I believe that many of us have been afraid of the wrong thing. We've been like the Israelites. Now, let me give you a little background on the Israelites. They were enslaved to Egypt. The Israelites were actually promised the land ever before, way before they ever even ended up in Egypt. If we go all the way back to a man named Abraham, God told him, you're going to be a father of many nations, and they will possess this land that you dwell in right now. Where was he at? In Canaan. Because by faith he got up and God said, go, and he just went at go. By faith, he moved. By faith, he got out, left his family, left everything he knew, and went to a land that he didn't even know where he was going, and God said, stop, you're there. Now, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Abraham doesn't have any kids, can't have kids, way beyond the age of having kids. I mean, God's just proven over and over, if you're going to walk out my plan and purpose, it's going to be by faith, period. You will not walk in Anything that I have for you, if you only are moved by everything around you. Faith is only moved by what it can't see. And it takes what it can't see and it moves it into a place where you can see it. That's faith. 
So thousands of years. Well, we know over a time, these, these Israelites ended up in a land called Egypt, enslaved to another nation. This great, mighty nation that God was raising up, that God had already promised to inhabit a land, was now enslaved in Egypt. But God redeemed them. God delivered them by a man named Moses, brought them out of Egypt through many signs and many wonders, brought them out, ten plagues, the parting of the Red Sea, and now they are on the other side of Egypt. And this is where a lot of people end up, is in the wilderness. See, there's three type of people in the world. There's your Egypt people, there's your wilderness people, and there's your promised land people. There's people that are still living in Egypt. They're still enslaved. They're still in bondage. But how many of you know when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are no longer enslaved to the world. We're no longer enslaved to the enemy. We're no longer uh, having to live and be ruled by his judgment any longer. We're now citizens of the kingdom of God. But being freed from Egypt doesn't change your location automatically. These were delivered people. These were people that had been set free. These were people that had been brought out, had seen the hand of God move, but they're still stuck in the wilderness. They're in between. And fear kept them out of the promised land. In fact, they saw the promised land, scouted it out themselves, saw everything that was good about it, saw everything that it had. It was the promised land, and they knew it. They described it as, this is the land. But because of fear, they would not enter. And so this verse tells us, throw it back up there. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. I don't want to be freed from something and still come short of something else. For far too long, we've heard that becoming born again has automatically given us the promise. But I know myself personally, a lot of believers, a lot of saved, sanctified Christians that are not living the purpose that God has for their life. This should become forefront because this is the one thing that we should fear in our lives. This is the one thing that we should hope we never have to see. And here's the problem. We are more afraid of pursuing our purpose than we are of not achieving our purpose. We're more afraid of stepping out into our purpose than we are fulfilling our purpose. We should not be more afraid of fulfill. We we should be more afraid of fulfilling our purpose than we are of pursuing our purpose. What am I saying? We've seen the purpose. God has revealed something to us by faith. We have to obtain it. But fear keeps us from ever stepping out into what God has called us to do. 
The wilderness was not where God called him. The wilderness was not the promised land that God worked so hard and so mightily to get them out of Egypt to get to. That was not the ending point. God had something greater. God had a land that they couldn't even imagine. Uh, when, when they saw it, they were like, this, is, this just blows our mind. Everything that it has. But because of the inhabitants in it, because of the great and mighty giants and the warriors that were there and all the different nations that were inside of it, by fear they were moved rather than being moved by faith. And they did not inherit the promised land. They did not enter his rest. And what this writer is saying here is we should fear repeating history over again. Because I don't want to be someone that got freed out of one place but still never enters where God has really called me to be. I don't want to die in the wilderness. I want to fulfill the purpose that God has given me. Look at Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. In the uh, New Living Translation, it says this, You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. That means that's the only one that will stand with merit in the end. Your plans will never override God's purpose. Our plans will never override God's purpose. The only success that we'll ever have in life is being obedient to God's word. The only success that you'll have in life it's not measured by what man says. It's not measured by what people say. It's not measured by what your parents say. It's not measured by what the world thinks and the world's picture of success. Success is only in being obedient to God's word. That's true success. I want to be able to stand before God and say, I was obedient to your word, and he will return to me and say, you were successful. You may not have had the largest bank account. You may not have had the biggest corporation or that many people, but you were obedient to my word. Therefore, you were successful in the plan and the purpose that I gave you. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Look at this in the, I believe it's the message. We humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. If I'm going to spend time planning my life, I want to make sure it's in line with the king. I want to make sure it's in line with what God has already laid out for me. Amen? So here's what happened. The Israelites, the Israelites got stuck in this wilderness position. The Israelites, the Israelites got in this halfway point. And they were freed from something. They were freed from something. And for some people, that's good enough. 
But for God, that's not good enough. Because in God's eyes, you are not just freed from something. You are freed for something. I'll say that again. You're not just freed from something. You have been freed for something. He has brought you out of that mess for a purpose. He has taken you out of the miry clay. He's taking you out of slavery and bondage where someone else was dictating your life and someone else was ruling over you and telling you what to do and when to do it and what to say and when to say it and where to go and when to go. And he brought you out of that. But it wasn't to live our own life. It wasn't to be directed by our own choices now. It was we have been set free from something and we have been delivered for something because there's a great purpose that he had to get us out of this garbage so he could get us to take care of this. The more and more that I unveil the kingdom in my life, the more and more that I understand this life as a believer, I find out that it really has less and less to do with me. And it has more and more to do with everybody around me. I have found that it's less and less about how much money I make. And it's less and less about how comfortable my schedule is. And it's less and less about am I working a job that I enjoy. And it's more and more about the people that I'm influencing and the people that I'm placed around and, 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 and serving God and living for him and doing everything I can to equip myself and grow myself so when I get out there, I can make a difference in the world. And I've found that the kingdom has ripped myself from me. It has separated myself from who I am. And it has placed me in this earth and it has placed me on this planet for other people. It may not always be convenient to me. The schedule may not always line up with something that I'd like to do. It might be too early in the morning. It might be too late at night. It might be a job that I don't really enjoy, but the people there need me. The people there need to hear my voice. The people there need my influence. And it's less about me and trying to gain the whole world, but yet lose my soul. I've learned to separate that and just do what God's called me to do. We're not just freed from something, but we are freed for something. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. This is written by a man named Paul to a young man, Timothy. Paul was about to exit life. It's one of the last books Paul writes before his head is taken, literally. He's in prison. He's writing to a young man that's really just getting started with life. Some say that Timothy was a teenager when he took over this church at Ephesus that was over 100,000 people. So Paul writes these two letters to Timothy. Paul's on his way out, and Timothy's just really on his way in, just getting started, just starting to unveil the purpose and the plans and the pursuit of going after what God has called him to do. And look what Paul says. Paul gives Timothy a picture 
of how you should end. You know, I would like to have a picture of what the end looks like before I get started. And so he's given Timothy a picture here. Before you get started, this is how you want to end. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I've kept the faith. Hebrews is laden with faith. The the book is really a picture of what faith looks like. And even in Hebrews chapter 11, we've got this whole uh, lineup of heroes of faith throughout the Old Testament. People that applied faith and lived by faith and operated in great faith. And Paul is stating here, the only way you get to the end is by living by faith. Faith finishes. The Bible says that Jesus was the author and the finisher of our faith. Faith is a finisher. Faith goes all the way to the end. Faith endures. Faith pushes. Faith makes it and is standing up at the end saying, I've laid it all down and this is what I have left. He says, I have, fought the fa- I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I heard another pastor say that if you are afraid of people, you will never be successful in life. He said, successful people are not, successful people are not afraid of others. Well, that's a true statement for Paul. Paul ran into many opportunities to be in fear. He's saying, I have kept the faith. He's saying, there were opportunities where I had a chance to not keep the faith and to back down and to shy away. Paul came in contact with a lot of people that wanted him out. You ever read his his list over in 2 Corinthians chapter 11? It's quite depressing. I was shipwrecked this many times. I was beaten this many times. I was killed and left for dead this many times. I was left on islands. I I went days and night without eating. I mean, the, the list goes on. Yet he can make this statement, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I've kept the faith. Faith is what will keep you pursuing after the purpose of God. Keeping the faith overcomes the fear of stepping out. Keeping the faith overcomes the fear of stepping out. He was talking to a young man that was about to step out. And he was saying, the same way I am finishing is the same way you have to start. The same way I'm ending this thing is the same way you've got to start this thing. Keep the faith. Because there's going to be times where it's going to be hard to step out. There's going to be times where God's purpose becomes clear and you see it. And it's not going to be like anything you thought it was going to be. It's not going to look like anything you thought it was going to look like. And stepping out can be difficult. But you can't be more afraid of pursuing your purpose than you are of fulfilling your purpose. There should be a fear inside of you that says, I don't care what it costs me, I don't care what it takes, I'm stepping out. I'm going to fulfill this thing. I'm going to pursue this thing. I'm going to go after 
my purpose because that fear burns inside of me greater than the fear of stepping out. There are those that are afraid of stepping out into their purpose and then there's our, there are those who are afraid of never stepping out. And this passage, God is talking to people that have been delivered from something, taken out of something, but they don't quite know where they're headed yet. They don't quite know what they're being delivered for. They know what they were delivered from, but they don't know what they've been delivered for. And when that promised land gets revealed to you, there should be a fear inside of us that says, I'm afraid to not go in. Imagine. Imagine we send 10, we send 12 spies into a promised land. Imagine if 10 of them would have come back with a good report and two would have come back with a bad. Imagine what we could be reading today had all 12 of them come back and say, Man, it looks like more than we can take on. It looks like it doesn't look exactly like what we thought it was going to be. There's actually people in there, and I don't know that naturally we're quite able, but God has already promised us this. And so by faith, we're going to step out, and we're going to possess and pursue, pursue the purpose that he's given us. Imagine. There are many of us that, We'll end up there. If we're not there now, we'll end up there soon. And it's going to seem like something way bigger than you thought you could ever take on. You know why? Because God is a faith God. If you could do it on your own, then he wouldn't get the credit. If you could do it on your own, then it wasn't big enough. If you could do it on your own, then you didn't need God. But God doesn't remove himself from the equation. God is a part of the equation. And so he says, I'm going to put something in your path that's bigger than you, and I'm calling you to do it, and I'm calling you to take it on, and I'm calling you to pursue it, and you're going to do it with me because fear not, for I, the Lord, am with you. Do not be dismayed. This is the first verse of Hebrews chapter 4. But look at the last verse of Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in, not because the people were too great, not because they didn't have enough resources, Not because it was too large and there were too many nations and there wasn't enough of them or they weren't strong enough. They could not enter in because of unbelief. What's the opposite of faith? Doubt. Unbelief. Faith will overcome the unbelief every time. Faith will overcome the fear every time. We've got to be faith people. There's a destiny and purpose, a great destiny and purpose. That's one of my favorite things to preach on. It's one of my favorite things to talk about because 
purpose. It, it hits home for everybody. The, the man living under the bridge tonight has purpose, and the billionaire on the side of the beach has purpose. And this man is searching for purpose, and that man is searching for purpose. They're both saying, what am I supposed to do with my life? Money didn't answer the purpose. Cars didn't answer the purpose. Influence, businesses, fame, they don't answer purpose. There's only one person that can answer purpose. And he operates by faith. And he's looking for people that will operate in faith with him. Faith is the opposite of fear. And if you can get the faith inside of you greater than the fear that's keeping you from stepping out, you will achieve your purpose. You will fulfill. You will pursue. You will go after. You'll get on the edge of your promised land. You'll look out and you'll say, it's greater, it's bigger, and it's stronger. But I will take it. That's what faith says. Faith gets a hold of that and says, the fear of not achieving that is greater. It's greater in me. That burns greater in me. There's a fear inside of me that says, it, I do not want to live my life without getting that. And I may have some fear in stepping out. I may have some fear in going after it. I may have some fear in pursuing it because I know it's bigger than I am. But my faith in God is greater than my fear in that. And we operate by faith. That, I believe, is the one thing that we should all fear in our lives. That's the one thing that I believe that we should all have something inside of us as saying, that purpose is worth you stepping out. And God is saying, you're not stepping out on nothing. I heard one person say, you know, faith in God is like stepping out on nothing but you're stepping out on something. You're stepping out. You're moving. You're advancing towards what God wants you to do. And all I know is I want to develop my faith in God greater and greater every day because every day he's going to reveal something to me that looks bigger than I am. As soon as I achieve one thing, he's already ready to show me the next thing that's bigger than I am. That's my life. And I don't want to live comfortable. I don't simply want to exist, but never live. There's a purpose. I want to discover it. I want to achieve it. I want to go after it. I want to pursue it. And I want to be like Paul in the end. I have fought the good fight. I ran my race. I kept the faith. The same way I started is the same way I'm ending. Father, we thank you tonight. Father, we thank you for your plans. We thank you for your purposes. We thank you for everything that you have called us to do. And Father, we want to live in and we want to accomplish everything that you have for us. The purpose that you have for us is to influence other people. The purpose that you have for us will affect those around us. It's not just about us. So Father, may a fear burn within us. to not accomplish that what you've called us to do. May a desire burn within us 
to go after everything you've called us to be. Even if we don't know what that purpose is today, even if we're in the midst of discovering that, even in the, if we're in the midst of trying to figure that out, Father, I thank you that you will begin to reveal that to us. And as we develop our faith in you, develop our faith in your word, develop our faith in what you have called us to do, Father, I thank you. We will step out. We will accomplish everything that you have for us. We thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Carry that with you. I want to take up our tithe and offering at this time. Amen. uh, It's an honor to give into the kingdom. If you need an offering envelope, please raise your hand. And our ushers will get you one. We appreciate your giving. We appreciate your sowing into the kingdom of God. We're so thankful that you uh, continue to bless this ministry and this church with your finances being obedient to God's word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. I'm going to pray over the tithe and offering real quick and we'll dismiss. Father, we thank you.